the blast from our past network. Hot ride? Hot ride! Hello, Newman. This is so f***ing good! No soup for you! These pretzels are making me thirsty! Not that there's anything wrong with that. Serenity now! He's a re-gifter! Well, let's start the insanity. Giddy up. Welcome to Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. We are two superfans giving you every single episode of Seinfeld back to back to back because we love Seinfeld. You love Seinfeld. I'm Adam. And I'm Corey. And if you're missing an episode of Seinfeld, if you don't see it on the free feed, well, go check out our Patreon page because they're all over there. Patreon.com slash Cartwright. That's right. This is one of our free feed episodes. And if you want every single episode of Cartwright, make sure you go on to our Patreon. And all you need to do is join our $1 level, $1 Ooh. a month. That's it, baby. It's it's so. uh, less than a cafe latte. Oh, wait. Yeah. Wrong episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Next one. Next, Next one. one. Okay. Save that one for later, guys. <laughs> yeah, they're not going to get it because oh, that's yeah. on the Patreon. Pizza. <laughs> all right. Anyway, today we are talking The Maestro, Season 7, Episode 3. It first aired October 5th, 1995. That's right, buddy. Don't call him Bob Cobb. Call him The Maestro. Elaine dates Kramer's friend, The Maestro. Jerry becomes obsessed when The Maestro tells him there's nothing available to rent in Tuscany. Jackie Childs represents Kramer in his lawsuit against the coffee company. Woo! Jackie Childs, baby! Jackie Childs, baby. All right. Actually, was this the Cafe Latte episode? No, 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 that is this one. That is this one. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, that is, I mean, that is, yeah, yeah, yeah. That is this one, right? Yeah, that is this one. All right, okay. Good so then Lord, we guys totally fucked <laughs> So it's funny. Adam and I just did like a... a I don't know, like a 15-minute warm-up of just, like, just talking, like, getting all the anger out, because, you know, we had a lot of shit going on, and boy, both of us have just had days today. <laughs> just days. No. It's all good. It's this all good. totally the Cafe Latte episode. <laughs> uh, they brought up Cafe Lattes in uh, episode two. Um, yes. That's, that's when, when he got kind of started. Ta- yes. Uh, but then this is the really the one, yes, with Jackie Child, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. We start off, and holy shit, Corey, <laughs> we start off. With a stand-up. Holy shit. So I was like, I was taken aback. I was like, okay, let me pause it. Let me uh, let me go grab the this website with that has all the Seinfeld scripts on it that I've been using and uh, to kind of just take the, the, the transcript out. And yep, didn't have the transcript for this one. So I was like, okay, I'll go put the subtitles on. And then I struggled for about <laughs> 10 minutes for the fucking DVD menu trying to get these fucking subtitles on, man. I will say I do miss is streaming bro i do miss it yeah exactly like just to be top we are in we are currently recording this in that little bit of time where it is off of hulu and not yet on netflix so i had to netflix dvd and uh that my my set and Corey has all the dvds so he's using that but yes it's not as it's not as nice as streaming no no it's so much easier the control is so much easier then so but anyways hey we get us we get a stand up and i and i enjoyed it so here we go I've never been any place in my life where there's absolutely no coffee and people constantly try to give you coffee. That's kind of a weird 
two sentences together, but I actually rewound it and listened to it. I was like, okay. That's what he, he said? Yeah, okay. he goes, I've never been any place in my life where there was absolutely no coffee. And people constantly trying to give coffee to you. Who's having coffee? Would you like coffee? Coffee is one of the only things you can have that people continue to try to give it to you. Waitress asks, can I fill it up? Can I warm it up? Can I top it off? You can lift up a manhole cover. And he kind of you know mimes it. We just made a fresh cup of coffee down here. Would you like some? This liquid has uh-huh. taken <laughs> this liquid has taken over humanity. There are coffee machines we have to call Mister Coffee. Anyone? Hey, that's Mister Coffee to you. So weirdly, I thought that this was a funny stand-up, but I thought it was weirdly worded, or like it took yeah. a second for it to like get going. But I did, liked, yeah, the second I, half was better. Yeah, I liked what he was saying ultimately with it, you know. So yeah, that's yeah. fine. Felt um, good. Felt good to have yeah. some stand-up. Yeah, I'm not even a coffee coffee drinker, so um, <laughs> I feel like it tastes like doo doo in my mouth. Uh, so, so, so I do not enjoy. Uh, but the, weirdly enough, it does smell good. Yeah. Like you know what? I, I appreciate like a you know a coffee smell kind of. Do you like coffee like ice cream? No, I don't even try that. Okay. That's fucking ridiculous. My God. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all right. We start off our episode at Monks. George brings up the whole rabbi sighting to Elaine, and you know that we finished the last episode with. And she apologizes and kind of, you know, even lies a little bit about this kind of shit. It's all his fault, et cetera, et cetera. It's not. George uh, leaves to go clothes shopping with Susan. And by the way, real quick, uh, George's shirt, that yellow polo, that reminded me of Jerry's shirt, Little Golden Boy. Oh, Little Golden Boy. Yeah. What a callback. Yeah. All right. Kramer meets with Jackie Childs, who obviously... Uh, is a parody of Johnny Cochran, uh, most famously from the O.J. Simpson trial. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, he's, they, he's played, kind of... Ex- he's played mm-hmm. by Phil Morris. Uh, yes, who, Phil Morris is great. Who, who has a g- bunch of uh, great credits and everything. But honestly, I just uh, saw him recently in uh, Star Wars Squadrons. Um, it's this, uh, you know, X-Wing versus TIE Fighter game for consoles. Um, and in the cutscenes. He plays a character that's kind of like the leader of your team and everything. So, and I was like, the whole time I was watching it, because, you know, they kind of change his face a little bit. But the whole time I was watching, I was like, he looks and sounds familiar to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, but I didn't yeah. know it at the time until I looked up on IMDb now that it was it was Phil Morris. Yes. Yeah. No, Phil Morris, he's a yeah, pretty solid character actor. Oh, he's awesome. I think he's one of those kind of guys who's been in a lot more things than people realize. They know him for maybe yeah. this character, but they once they see, like, oh shit, he's that and that guy. He's, he's that yeah. guy and that other thing. Um, and actually, uh, at least according to Wikipedia, Phil Morris went to the same barber shop as Johnny Cochran, so he's actually like seen him uh, in Los Angeles and kind of known his mannerisms, so he kind of knew how to portray him, which is really cool. Yeah, he he talks about that on the the behind the scenes on this episode. Um, yeah. yeah, he he was like, yeah, I've been going. He's like, he's been freaking going to that barber shop, uh, the same one Johnny Cochran's going to since they were both like kids essentially. So he's like, he That's knew cool. the guy. He's like, I did. Yeah. I didn't realize I was prepping for this role my entire life essentially. That's very cool. Yeah. Now. I- because of the last episodes, I watched like those inside look things on the DVD, and then you kind of mentioned that you watched them too. So I was like, "Ah, eh, fuck it, I'm not going to watch them." Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I, like, I knew funny because I knew you would. <laughs> wouldn't it be funny if I was like, "I didn't watch this one. I thought you were going to watch it." <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, George and Susan shop at her uncle's place called Ross's, and George notices the security guard just kind of standing there, and he thinks to himself, "You know what? That guy deserves a seat." And he even has an internal monologue after he talks to Susan about it, who 
doesn't give a shit and <laughs> rightfully so and <laughs> kind of just you know uh, ignores George as a insolent child for even bringing it up and his whole George's mon- internal monologue is all really pretty much a further debate on the validity of their relationship as a whole and you know do I really want to be with this person yeah kind of thing I, I so. mean watching it now sort of in order I can't believe that how much questioning he's done the entire time of this since getting engaged to her you know like man do I really want to be with this person I'm curious to see is this going to go all the way to the end you know the, the yeah. end of the line for Susan yeah, which we know is later this season. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, is he going to con- – is it really going to be that back and forth for like – so? because he is. You're right. This has been at least two different times he's had like an internal monologue questioning yeah. this whole uh, relationship. So hmm. at Jerry's place, Kramer comes in, and I noticed a very uh, Corey thing to notice. His awful looking tie. Yes, dude, that thing is fucking terrible, bro. Yeah, I I just saw immediately I was just like, ugh. It was like one of those where it was like super short, but also the back was short. It was not a regular tie. It was no. one it was a weird looking thing I'd never seen before, but also I think rightfully so I hadn't seen it before because it doesn't look good. No, it's terrible. And I wonder if it's yeah. a fashion thing that inhabited a very specific time. Yeah, and you know what? You got to give it to the character of Kramer for allowing eccentricities in his wardrobe, but that one just kind of angered me. I was like, just wear a goddamn normal tie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was pretty bad, not going to lie. So. <laughs> yep. Uh, but anyway, you know, he's all excited about his court case uh, that he's got coming up. You know, he thinks he's going to get a lot of money. Carrie, Jerry calls him litigious, uh, which I did look up just to make sure. Uh, it means it unreasonably prone to go to law to settle disputes. Mm. Mm. There That's you what go. He says. Anyway, uh, yeah, Kramer's like, yeah, I can be litigious. So like, <laughs> yeah, we know it. <laughs> Elaine is skeptical of this whole situation. You know, she doesn't like that he's taking him to court and he's pushing like this. But. Yeah, for for the burned, yeah, for burned coffee. And we, we kind of, I think I derailed uh, the Jackie Childs uh, scene when I started talking about Rogue Squadron or whatever. But yeah, yeah. I mean, just, so so yeah, the, the, the so basically they're, Jackie Childs is blaming the the lid of the cup and everything, yeah. you know, for it. So, but he ha- he believes he has a case. So they're yeah, moving forward the with too it. Hot. Yeah. All that kind of stuff. So, all right. The maestro comes over to see Kramer. This is our first uh, viewing of the maestro. Jerry calls him Bob, which he does not like. No. You can tell. No. Bob Cobb, baby. So it's funny because the episode of Curb that we are going to record today has another yes. character in it named Cobb, and it has to do with, like, the Cobb salad and everything. And they bring up Bob Cobb, or a Bob Cobb, not this Bob <laughs> not Cobb. this Bob Cobb. But, yes. but uh, everyone should know Bob Cobb, a.k.a. the maestro as Mark Metcalf. Uh, my God, he was in Animal House, One Crazy Summer. Yeah. He Famously, he's in the Twisted Sister music video, you know, and it's just like... Oh, yeah, he's the father. Yeah, yeah. Yep, he's the dad, yep. And, uh, yeah, it's, I mean, he's just, he's just been a face uh, in comedy forever, and, you know, it almost feels... It's weird, but it almost feels like he's too big for TV, you know. But but I don't know if like at the time that would no. that might have been more of the case then. But I don't think it's the case now, yeah. obviously. But I, even then, I was like, damn, that guy's like a movie actor. Okay. I mean, well, I, I think of all like the huge ass stars that they have on here, but I guess most of them were less stars when they came on, and then there's bigger stars afterwards. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 
And you, Bob Cobb is the one that you called out as the big star. <laughs> that's Mark Metcalf, man. Animal House. I don't know, dude. That's that's freaking huge. I mean, it's cool that he's on there. And I love, I think the character of the maestro is a lot of fun. But, I mean, it always takes me out. I'm always like, Jesus Christ, that's Mark Metcalf. <laughs> if, if you asked me to name a single actor in Animal House not named John Belushi, I couldn't do it. <laughs> no way. Touche. Touche. <laughs> So, all right uh the maestro comes oh i already, I already started <laughs> the maestro, we're balls deep into the maestro baby anyway the maestro gives kramer this herbal bomb to put on his burns and you know he's um also mentions that he's been at his house in tuscany and jared just kind of asks him about it oh a house in tuscany etc and he tries to avert uh and, and get jerry to to avoid looking for a place in Tuscany, which is just very odd to bring up at this point. It's just like, oh, no, no, there's there's no places to rent. It's just, you know, you can't find anything. Very defensive. Yeah. Strange, I would say. But I also like Jerry's response. He's like, what? Like, what? Yeah. wait, what? Why are we going here already? And I, and I do like that it sets Jerry on this, like, adventure, essentially. <laughs> it does. Absolutely. On this spiteful spiteful uh, adventure <laughs> yeah spiteful adventure a stubborn spiteful adventure god and i'll tell i'll tell you later what it remi- who it reminds me of um anyway elaine uh meets the maestro because she was at the apartment and you know she uh eh, she kind of flirts with him you know sure. they have a little jinx <laughs> jinx you owe me a coke <laughs> <laughs> um i don't think that ever worked as a real pickup line no <laughs> no maybe not for me but um yeah and so they leave and head out. Kramer calls out Jerry for calling the maestro Bob and just really being like, man, you know, he really prefers to be called the maestro. He is a, a conductor for some fireman's Philharmonic or something. I can't yeah, remember yeah, what it's called. Yeah, the, I think it was the policeman's something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's not like huge. He's, he's yet, at least which he's not is, huge yet. Which is fucking ridiculous. For anyone to like really be preferred to be called the maestro or to be called doctor or to be called whatever. So, I yeah, think so that is pre- it's so pretentious. Guys and gals, uh, uh, starting now, Adam and I would both prefer to be called the podcasters. Yes. <laughs> Don't I, I'm done being called. And then we're going to just you're gonna have to figure out. You're going to say someone talks to us and say the podcaster, and we will figure out through context who you're talking about. Um, but, yes, I prefer <laughs> the podcaster. So no longer am I to be called Adam. <laughs> that yep. is what a what a fucking ridiculous thing. A hundred percent. Yeah. So great great door closed by Kramer with his foot. I thought that was funny when Elaine and, oh, and yeah. the Maestro left. Yeah. Was, but you know, it didn't yeah, get like, a clap. I'm like, again, these are the moments that we said like we said it like seasons ago where they where they put the kibosh did. on the cheers. We've been like, there's been a few times where Michael Richards should have gotten a little bit of cheer for something, okay? Yeah, right. Well, because they 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 overblew it, and yeah. it became a spot where it's just like, oh my god, this is this is yeah. overused, and so they you're right, they kiboshed it. But then there are there are a couple times where it's like, well, that deserves some kind of chuckle. That deserves yeah. some kind of like small applause. Give us but something, yeah. you know? Yes. Hey, everybody, Corey here. I just wanted to let you know that we'll be right back after these short messages. Hey everybody, welcome to Talking Back, the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies, comics, video games, and more. I'm your host, Tim, and with me today in studio is co-host Dean. Oh, hey, hey, Tim. Dean? Uh, This isn't a full episode, this is actually just an ad. 
All we have to do is tell everyone that our podcasts come out on Mondays and they can find us on their favorite podcatcher. If they're into movies, comics, or video games, they should definitely check us out. Oh, well then, thanks everybody for listening and we'll catch you next time. Talking back. I'm John, and I'm the host of Action Action. Every week, I'm joined by James. hey And Dustin. Hello. And each week, we review, debate, and rank a different action movie. We're creating the ultimate list of action movies. From awful to awesome. So if you want to hear three more white guys with beards talk about action movies. And argue about where they belong on our list. And decide you hate us because we've made fun of your favorite movie. Join us every Tuesday, and you can find us on your favorite podcatcher. And Steven Seagal is a joke. (laughs) Hey everybody, I'm Corey. And I'm Zach. And we're the hosts of Podcasting After Dark, a cast dedicated to late night horror and sci-fi of the 80s and 90s, often found on HBO and Cinemax. You know, the movies your parents didn't want you watching as a kid. You can find us every other week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and Stitcher. This is what you want. This is what you get. Have you been wondering where's the beef? Well, on our podcast, Throwback Trivia Takedown, you might just find that out, as well as some other things about the 70s, 80s, and 90s. We're a nostalgic-based trivia show that pits two challengers head-to-head in a duel of the decades, with categories ranging from movies, TV and music, to slang, food, and fashion. You're sure to get the best in retro-themed trivia. So strap on your jelly shoes, grab a surge, and walk like an Egyptian to your favorite podcast app and check out Throwback Trivia Takedown. I heard even Mikey likes it. At Monk's, Jerry makes fun of George's bright shirt. <laughs> George is like, is it too, <laughs> too flashy? It's burning my retinas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's obviously a shirt that uh, Susan picked out for him. And you know what? I've never, I never really had a problem if a girlfriend picks out clothes for me. Like, the thing is, I care so little about what I wear. If I know someone is more attracted to me because I'm wearing a shirt they like, fuck yeah, give me that shirt. I don't give any fucks about I have no qualms wearing whatever. If if I know that my significant other likes me in that clothing, cool. Yeah. I'm going to wear it. My, Myra buys me clothes all the time, man. I mean, if it was up to me, it'd be I'd be wearing all black or or like printed t-shirts yes. all the time. And uh, but no, Myra, some of them, my favorite outfits, I have actually a lot of color in them. And Myra bought them for me, and she's like, they would look good on you. And I was like, oh, you, you're right, uh, they do. I never would have yeah. known that because it's all black all the time. Because I don't want to think so, about dude, it, dude. I, I would wear exactly like a I would wear a um some kind of graphic tee. Yeah. And shorts. Yeah. Every day of, for the rest of my fucking life, a t-shirt and shorts. But, like, you know, and sometimes if the lady wants me to wear something specific, I'm all for it. And I'm, I'm like, yeah. It. yeah. it gets, it gets, you're a little bit more excited for me than sure. Yeah. So. Yeah, George should have looked at that. It's making her more, but I guess at this point, George just doesn't care about Susan. No, oh God. That's already. Dude, they've been engaged for two fucking episodes. He's already done. He's, he regrets everything already. <laughs> It's fucking ridiculous, mm-hmm. man. Yeah, so. 
All right. Uh, Lane's out on a date with Maestro. She calls him Bob, uh, which he lets her know he prefers to be called the Maestro. And she reluctantly at first, but then kind of acquiesces and she kind of agrees to go along with it. Yeah. And it, it was like their typical set for the date. I, yes. I don't even know what kind of place that it's like some corner. Literally, <laughs> yeah. it's a corner in a fucking uh, studio that they just kind of put some shit in and they could light up, you know, have some fake walls. And like it's just like it looks literally I, it's it's smaller than the room I'm podcasting in. That little that yeah. area is just like it's tiny. It's it's the Seinfeld restaurant date corner. I literally yeah. thought the same thing when I saw it. I was like, oh, it's a Seinfeld restaurant date corner. It's the yep. same one we always see right there. <laughs> exactly. So at Jerry's place, Kramer busts in. Oh, my God. And his burn is gone. The balm healed it. And uh, he's all worried about his settlement now because, you know, what if the people want to see his burn, um, which is a pretty valid statement. Now, granted, the fact that Jackie Childs wouldn't have taken pictures of the burn immediately is kind of a shitty move on the lawyer, I would say. Well, I mean, he did he did set up the 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 doctor's appointment for Kramer, yeah. and I sure I bet you there would be documentation there. But it should have been he should have gone to the doctors right after seeing Jackie Childs. Yes. You know, not you don't waste any time. You want to see it when it's the most graphic. Right, be, like be, that's how you're going to get your money. Because even if, dude, even think about it, even if if the doctor's appointment's like the next day and you don't put any balm or anything on it, it's still going to get a little bit better than what it was right yeah. now. So I'd imagine at least you'd want to go up. right there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, totally. George ends up talking with the security guard, and you know. They kind of talk a little bit, and the guy kind of does agree that he'd rather sit. You know, if somebody gave me a chair, of course I'd sit, that kind of thing. Sure. Uh, naturally. Sure. Um, now, Norman Brenner, by the way, uh, walked in right behind George, kind of oh. looks to the right, and then looks he, and walks away. But, yeah, it was good, good old Norman Brenner. I think it's the first time we've seen him this season. Yep, that I remember you calling out. So, so George, because of this conversation with the security guard, ultimately feels vindicated. That he's, you know, oh my God, yes, I'm going to, you know, I think getting this guy a chair is is the right thing to do. I am a good person. I know that's not yeah. this episode, but you know what I mean? It's like, it's kind but, yes. of one of those things. Yeah, totally. So then uh, Kramer talks to his his uh, lawyer, Jackie Childs, which is a great little scene here. Who told you to put, who told you to put the bomb on? I, I didn't tell you to put the bomb on. That part did. Doctor didn't tell you to put the bomb on. Like, Phil Morris is on right here yeah. he is so on and, and he's like he's like do you know what a bomb is no one knows what a bomb is they're unpredictable <laughs> and i was like oh is, is that true are like bombs do you not know what they're gonna do like no. i thought but, they, yeah, but are I, they supposed I, to I, I think it's a to me that is probably like the quintessential Jack, jackie child scene or one of i guess there is um there might be some others later because we get him a couple more times. Yeah, we're gonna get him more this season, I believe, right? Yeah, but I've been, I've, like the bomb though. I, whatever it is, I always kind of connected like this scene really because he. I mean, he is like he's talking fast. He's just he's being. Um, I don't know. He's just being extra Cochran or something right here. So yeah, it's, yeah, it works well. <laughs> uh, Jerry and Elaine talk about uh, her date that she had with the maestro and. He brings up, you know, the Meister's whole defensiveness of Tuscany, again, further fueling his kind of um, spiteful stubbornness that, you know, just like, what? I don't get it. Why the hell is he so defensive about Tuscany and and whatnot? And and about and and calling him Maestro. Well, why don't you call him Jerry the Great? So 
Yeah. When I worked at the the video store for uh, for what ten years or whatever I worked at in the computer, um, whenever you know we rent a movie, you, whoever's name would come up there. Uh, one of my coworkers changed my name to Corey the Great. Uh, it was a reference to this. Although I'm not great, it was more of a tongue in cheek thing because I was a complete monster to all <laughs> to all of the uh, the customers. But he you're did. a Randall. You're a Randall to I, all the customers. I was a Randall, but my name in the computer was. Corey the Great, and I still have a pen that he gave me that has Corey the Great written on the side of it. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. You. Yeah. I was like, hey, I am great. Um, Real quick, they brought up the movie Amadeus. Have you ever seen that film? I have seen it. I own it. It is a phenomenal phenomenal film. I've never seen it, so it's it's worth a It's worth Oscar a watch, winning, right? baby. It's oh what? my god. Yeah, it, per- it, it's it, Oscar winning. It yeah, won Best Picture. That's right. That's right. It did win Best Picture. Yeah. Yeah. But the uh, performances, like the acting, uh, is it's unbelievable. I'm not gonna lie; it's it's absolutely a stunning film. Okay, okay, it's it's something that I didn't have any interest when I was a kid to watch, but I've wanted to see since I've gotten older. Just haven't had a chance yeah. to. And then watching this, and they and they mention Amadeus, I was like, yeah, I need to fucking watch that movie. Yeah, specifically, it was at, uh, F. Murray Abraham who plays uh, Salieri. I think that's his name. He. And I think he won an Oscar for it, I think. Um, but literally, that guy <sighs> blows it out the fucking water. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Cool. And the guy, actually, the, actually, the guy who plays Amadeus, I think, was in Animal House. Uh, you're right. He. <laughs> <laughs> you're fucking right. And you, you yeah, know, I, the guy just, I see Mozart. You didn't even pull up fucking IMDb. I saw that just wash over your face. <laughs> yeah, it did. Now, I, I, I unfortunately can't remember his name, and I should because he was in such a great movie. Um, but yes, yeah, he. he <laughs> okay. Wow, there you go. All right, I'm going to shut up about my earlier comment. <laughs> Amazing, <laughs> but you you know you shouldn't shut up because you're right. You don't know his name, and you were like, name one person. <laughs> exactly, and you're right. Yeah, I did. I didn't type anything. It's just like, oh shit, that uh, fucker was in Animal House. I called that shit out. I did, you it. did, bro. You did. Um, I'm pulling it up now. Is it Tom Holch? I think his name was Tom Holch. Yeah, or that's something the one. Like that. Yeah, Tom, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was he was in Animal House, and he was in Parenthood. I remember though with uh, Steve Martin as well. He's oh, in that's that a one. fantastic. That's a that's a movie I've been trying to get John to do. Now it's not like John's not holding it back. We've just had other movies come in, but we we've had on our schedule for a long time to do a. Um, Parenthood, Parenthood, Parenthood episode, oh. which is there is the the Parenthood, uh, fantastic film with um Steve Martin, um Mary Steenburgen, yeah, tons of awesome people, and then Parenthood, which was with I think his name was Robert Townsend, yeah, uh, it was on UPN. I I loved that show when I was younger, and then do a, like a recasting of the Steve Martin movie, but like I want to do a parenthood times three episode in the future <laughs> that would that would honestly be amazing and yeah that parenthood movie is awesome i haven't seen it in forever i always remember the the lights go out and someone grabs the the candle but it's really the the vibrator or whatever yeah you know? <laughs> yeah there's a lot that i know i i because i saw that movie when i was very young um or at yeah. least like when i was way younger and i don't remember i think there's gonna be a lot more humor that i get now and i appreciate more now um so yeah i'm excited to rewatch it and, and the, the the guy from Amadeus and Animal House, he was the like the oldest son or something. He came home with the kid, and the yep. kid's name was Cool. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Dude, I remember. Yes. I remember exactly. the shit. 
Yeah. I didn't know, I actually, but now like, I didn't know that he was the fucking guy from Animal House and uh, Amadeus. So, all right, well, we have some, uh, uh, Adam and I have some watching to do. Yes, <laughs> we do. All right. Uh, next we get, let's go back to Seinfeld. Next we get a little scene here, a very um, uncommon scene with none of the four main actors. Yeah. Uh, we kind of start off at the uh, this coffee place, or not the coffee, like the, the corporate office of the coffee place, where they're trying to be like, hey, we want to offer him $50,000 and free coffee at all of our locations. We just want to be done with this, get it done quickly. All right? In comes Kramer and Jackie Childs. Agre- and income, start- hilariously income, because they get stuck in the door together a little yeah, bit. You're right. You're right. I wasn't even going to mention it, but you're right, because like, they were trying to see who you know whoever could go should go first, but like you know I love it. That, yeah, that was yeah, cool. it's great. That was very good. Um, so they start by kind of like, all right, we are going to offer you free coffee at every uh, one of our locations, plus, and then Kramer immediately jumps up because he's so worried about them looking at his. In my opinion, he's so worried about them looking at his burn, which is now healed. He wants to take any offer immediately and just go. And so he takes that. He takes. You've got a deal. I'll take it or whatever. And obviously in the taxi afterwards, Jackie is pissed. He even like acknowledges, hey, they said plus whatever is going to be something. And, um, you know, so he gets nothing. He gets he, he, he basically gets jack and shit. He gets jack shit. And when fucking the Kramer like sees the coffee place Java world and is like, oh, pull over. Yeah. Let me go get that. And he fucking like steps over Jackie, like insult to injury. Poor, poor guy. Yeah. Poor Jackie. <laughs> You know what I just kind of thought? Because because Kramer always wants cafe lattes, and he has to say it that way. Now, he got burned from a cafe latte, which was which is half coffee, half milk. What happened if, dude? How hot would that shit been if it was just coffee? That's dude, dude. That's a that's a great point actually, because the milk would have cooled it down some. So was it like? liquid magma when (laughs) before the milk went in yeah dude that's actually a really good point (laughs) i mean it's you know it's unbelievable but still just it makes you think doesn't it it does it does yeah makes an idiot think like me it is (laughs) cafe latte cafe latte all right uh while walking um maestro drives up to jerry and elaine and he starts air conducting um Beethoven or Bach or I don't remember what the fuck it is. Doesn't I have matter. no clue. <laughs> he says, and I just don't care. <laughs> I just I am not a classical music guy. I just no. don't give any fucks about classical music. Zero, zero fucks are given over here. Now, instrumental, I like. I am a massive Yanni guy. I very much enjoy um, music soundtracks. Like not like well music. Scores, yeah, scores and compositions. Yeah. So like I that kind of stuff I love. And I feel like that's probably where classical music has shifted into today's culture is in the um in in theme music yeah. and movies and stuff like that. And that's where you still get some of that stuff. But like when it goes back to like listening to like the old guys who were all dead from like the seventeen hundreds and, and and earlier and shit. I, I give zero fucks. I just don't. I'm sh- I will give to them that they were talented, and I'm sure what they did yeah. was hard. Um, but it's not my cup of tea. Give give yeah. me some yeah. good old synthwave, baby. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I'm moving on because I 
I have nothing to talk about synthwave. It's fine. I like I like eighties. I like like Brit poppy stuff. I like that kind of stuff just fine. But I don't know where to go from there. I I don't either. But I will say this: if you do like Yanni, go check out the Blast from Our Past uh, album review mm. of Yanni. It was uh with the live at the Necropolis one. Live at the Necropolis. Yeah. yeah. Um. Hey. I do not give one shit about Yanni, but that was a damn good episode, and I think I actually learned something that episode. So go check it out. It's funny. Back when we both lived in Los Angeles, and I think this is when John and I were like prepping to do this podcast or to do that episode. Um, you and I were like recording something else, yeah. and I and we, you know, we usually we, we would drink and we would like have fun. <laughs> and I was like, dude, you gotta fucking listen to this song. And so I put on. Uh, the Rain Must Falls, which is by far my favorite Yanni song. And, and and From Live at the Acropolis just blows me away because it's just solos and they're amazing. And I put it on and I was like jamming out and you're just like, eh. <laughs> you're just like, okay. <laughs> I remember. I remember like me trying to get you into Yanni and I failed hard at that. Hey, but you, I did listen to the episode, so. <laughs> okay. That, I'll, I'll take it. I will take You'll it. take All that right. win. <laughs> yep. All right, so yes, the maestro is talking with Jerry and Elaine on the street uh, with his, like, LeBaron convertible or whatever the fuck he's got. Wasn't that impressive of a car? <laughs> no, it wasn't. Uh, but he would be the kind of guy who had a com- convertible. You just of course. Uh, he, again, kind of brings up the Tuscany thing. Elaine uh, ends up leaving with him as she's singing Verde or something like that. Yeah. Again, classical. Singing Italian <laughs> spaghetti bologna. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, uh, and then George just kind of walks up, and I love George's line yes. here. I fucking love it. Jerry is still like reeling from the whole Tuscany thing. And he's just like, oh, you mean you're going to tell me, you know, you can't rent a house in Tuscany? Uh, and, you know, George is just like, well, are, are you renting a house in Tuscany? Jerry's like, no. He's like, what do you care? And he just turns and walks away. And it's like, yes. Like, that is one of the times that George is actually super sane. Yes. And, like, totally like the audience here where it's just like, why do you give such a fuck about this? Yes. It's, I'm with you, dude, 100%. I freaking love it. Uh, it's one of the few times that, like, George is above Jerry. Like, he's more sane yeah. than Jerry here, and he's never the voice of reason. So when it actually, when George is the voice of reason, you know you're insane <laughs> at that point. Yes. <laughs> and it, wor- it worked really well. And it is. It's great but, because I, we, we, I complained specifically the last two episodes that Jerry didn't really have a plot line uh, to sort of follow, and he was more like running commentary on everyone else's plot lines. Here, the plot line they give him is that he's like going insane, and I love it. I think that's great. And then it's genius to make George the voice of reason right yep. now for it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're right, because you, you, the audience knows that if he is... If he's thinking you're crazy, then you're really fucking crazy. You're really fucking crazy. <laughs> but this is the kind of thing that I think we love part of Seinfeld for. Yeah. It's what these characters obsess over. Yeah. You know, like, Jerry, he's not really giving a fuck about the house being available or not. What he cares about is why the fuck is this person trying to keep me from Tuscany? And so uh, he is going to spend his entire energy, and we will see this, and his all of his spite that he's ever had to push towards proving that person wrong. Um, and that's where I will say this r- r- Jerry in this episode wholeheartedly reminded me of my wife, Keisha. <laughs> we'll call out to her. 
I love her. Love her to death. But she is the kind of person that if you say don't do something or you're not allowed to. No, no, no. Don't even look at Tuscany. Fuck you. You cannot go to Tuscany because they're all, uh, you know, all the houses are rented. And she's she will bend over backwards. She will break her fucking back. Proving you wrong, or not, or not, not even just proving you wrong, just like doing the opposite. Yeah. Because fuck you, you told her to do the wrong thing, or you're bullshitting her, or lying her to keep her away from something, or whatever it is. And so I was just like, my God, I've married Jerry. <laughs> you, At least I married Jerry in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> At Monks, uh, Jerry and George continue the discussion on Tuscany. And they talk about, like, oh, you know, this is a huge area. It's as big as uh, North Dakota. And. It's not. It's I know. It's not at all. I know it's no. not. <laughs> now it's a it's a area of um Italy where Florence and um uh other places maybe Milan I can't remember or, or Florence is definitely in Tuscany. Uh, but anyway, it's uh, I did look it up. North Dakota is eight times bigger. Good, good God. Which is a good. I mean that's a pretty good. I mean North Dakota is a big fucking or pretty solid state, and the U.S. is significantly larger. Than a lot of like European countries, well, of course. If you so. if you've ever traveled overseas, um, yeah, I, it's you really, especially if you go to Europe or something. Everything is so much smaller. Like America is freaking huge, especially like the yeah. middle part of it, you know, because there's so but, many but all the these nice little things, countries are all just next to each other, you know. Yes, and, and what's so fucking nice is, oh wow. They built their infrastructure on the rail system. Yeah, yeah. How fucking nice is that? Oh, wait, we built all of ours on the car system. But no, like, God damn, that is a wonderful thing. And I really wish, um, you know, car lobbyists didn't win that war here. And we, and we had, like, high-speed rails in between all these states and all this kind of stuff. But, like, yeah, like, you can go over there and you can get, you know, fairly cheapish yeah. tickets and just go like across multiple countries and like you can get so many experiences which is incredible. Yeah, we 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 landed in Amsterdam, did some stuff stuff around this was a uh, me and a ex-girlfriend. Did, did some stuff in Amsterdam. Yeah, some- I know what the fuck that means, Corey. <laughs> <laughs> but then we took the train through Netherlands and then to uh the Alps and everything. Yeah. And then we took the train from there down to France. It was uh yeah, it was it was all trains, all the- and you got to see so much beautiful country and then you just have your passport yeah. on and you just go to different countries via the train. It's crazy. But yeah, a lot of people and then the Europeans come over here and they're like, holy shit, there's just so much land in between the the two coasts. You're like, I mean, America is fucking huge. There is a um, a saying that I I like where um, Americans think 100 years is old. Yeah. Europeans think 100 miles is far. (laughs) And it's like. It's you know exactly you know yeah. I think a hundred miles like fuck I'll drive a hundred miles like n- not a big yeah. fucking deal Europeans think a hundred years that ain't ch- fucking shit yeah like you know we've had our infrastructure for this bench is older than your goddamn country <laughs> yeah, seriously <laughs> I mean yeah you go to Europe man there's places like that places that are older than your fucking our country here you know it's yeah. like that house over there is fucking older it's like it's insane how young we are as mm-hmm. a nation. Hey everybody, it's your two favorite podcast hosts, Adam and Corey from Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast, and we have something very exciting to tell you about. That's right. We have decided to take on not just Seinfeld, but also Curb Your Enthusiasm, exclusive to our Patreon feed. So that means every single month we go episode by episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. And the fun thing is, I've never seen Curb Your Enthusiasm before, so I am super excited to go down this road with you, Adam. But 
even better, when you join at the Curb Your Enthusiasm tier, you also unlock the complete back catalog of Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast, totally ad-free. So you get Seinfeld, you get Curb, and you get Adam and Corey. What else could you want? I don't know, maybe to dip my bald head in oil and rub it all over your body? Uh, I'm sorry, Corey, that's another tier. We're not ready for that yet. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. All right, well, now back to Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. All right, back to Seinfeld. Uh, George is... uh, more discussion on this security guard. He wants to give him a chair. They have a whole debate over which chair to get. And I think a lot of them that they talk about right here are pretty valid. Yeah. Some kind of stool, something high, um, maybe a swivel. He can swivel. He can swivel. <laughs> I, and I like when George's like, wow, I, something about like how fast can you get up? And he's like, you can get out of a chair real quick. He gets up and he's like, what is it? stop it. Stop it. What, what does he point? He like points and yeah, it's, yeah. it's so good. It's remember. so good. But yeah. Jerry all of a sudden then realizes that Poppy is from Tuscany. And you know what? He wants to give him a call. Yeah. All right. And, and uh, it's, they, it's, it's, we see... don't see Poppy, but it is nice that we get a reference. That's really cool. Yes. I like that. Yeah, I agree. Uh, they see Kramer, who is all hopped up on cafe, cafe lattes. Uh, he's, I say, decent physical humor here. Yeah. He's, yes, yeah, he is yeah. jittery <laughs> as fuck. It's great. It's re- Especially the end of the scene where he walks away from them. He's like, and adjusting yeah. his tie and everything. <laughs> yeah. Elaine and the maestro are making out and uh, she's like, oh, Bob, oh, Bob, Uh, and then has to switch over to maestro because he's all upset, which I feel honestly, this scene made me feel bad for anybody named Bob, because like anyone who says your name sexually, like Bob's just not a good name to say in like a sexy manner. No, no. I'm not going to lie. It's not. It's not. Like you need like that extra syllable, you know, you need like a. Oh, Bob A. Like an Adam. <laughs> oh, you need, no, you need an Adam. You need a Corey. <laughs> but, like, I don't know. Uh, or a Maestro. But, like, hey, Bob is such a silly name. I don't know why. It's just, it just doesn't work for me. Well, my, my only note here is get that D, Elaine, because she was like, fuck it, Maestro. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah Elaine, she get was, it. She was um, ready for her uh, dick appointment, um, which a female friend of mine says uh, that they like to call um, their. You know, like booty calls. Okay. She's like, no, no, no. I, she, that's, that's at least what she says. Uh, she, she says, no, you know, I, I really could use a dick appointment. I'm like, oh, okay. So some of that, you're getting a prescription for vitamin D, a doctor's, <laughs> that kind of thing. And so then then I was trying to figure out, like, what do we call it? We just call it booty call. Yeah. yeah, um, that was, yeah pretty- but, but then I came up with, all right, I came up with, I think we should start calling it, you know, if you're getting like a, you know, a booty call or whatnot. Because booty call can be for either male or female. But if you're being specific, sure. I guess dick appointment for the females is what they're getting. I think we should call it a clam slam. You know, I'm gonna, <laughs> I, you know, I really, I gotta, I gotta call up my, uh, my old friend Becky here for a clam slam. What do you think? Oh, uh, yeah, I like that one. That was a good one, buddy. Okay. <laughs> now, I'll to be it. clear, you and I will never have a, cl- a clam no, slam because no, no, we're no. married. God, no. But you know, put it out there into the world and see if someone throws it back at us. Well, at the same time, you can still call your own wife for a clam slam. That's true. You can. Yeah, you know what? Yeah. You can. That there's nothing wrong with that. And you know what? That's healthy. You should. You should call your wife for a clam slam. I'm gonna do that later. <laughs> Tell me all about it, buddy. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so, uh, George then kind of brings up this idea of a rocking chair, which in my head, I'm like, literally, that's the worst fucking option. 
a stool is the one because they're like, why would you do a rocking chair? They're so hard to get out of. That's an yeah. idiotic idea. Why the fuck would he think that's a good idea? I, I don't know. Yeah. You need a you need a, a top one. I think a, a, a literally the most basic wooden stool, so you can like you're basically in a leaned yeah. but half standing position. Right, because yeah, right, your feet just land on the ground immediately. Yeah, that you don't want to exactly. be you don't want to go up. You just want to like just be ready right there. The stool they had it right. right the first time. Stool at the back, not the not the but the stool at the back. You know, back stool. I don't even know if you need a back. I, as long I like, think I think it ma- oh, what matters the most is that it's off the ground. It's not low. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know, exactly, because low ones are hard to get out. Yeah. It's got to be high off the ground, but, like, you can't have your feet where you're putting your feet up high. Like, like if you're when you're doing a swivel, um, usually your feet go up, and, like, you're sitting on, like, the swivel, and you're swiveling yeah. back and forth. Yeah. But, like, you need to have your feet on the ground, so that way you can, boom, sprint yep. pretty quickly. And so I think just a simple wooden non-swivel is the best way to go, personally. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. Now, the, um, the manager... Of that uh, clothing store, Ross. I guess, isn't it called Ross or something like that? Because it's you know Ross's. Yeah, yeah. So it's her family. Um, that was uh, Tim. Shoot, I just wrote it down. I lost it. Hold on. Tim that Bagley. Tim Bagley. Ted, yeah. Ted Bagley. Uh, Ted. Or Tim. Is it Tim or Ted? Tim. Tim Bagley. And uh, I, wrote, we, I wrote it down wrong. We saw him in uh, Curb season one. That's right. Selling shoes. Selling shoes. Um, but he he's been so many comedy shows. I mean, just you've seen his, him all over the place. Yeah. Yep. Um, but yeah, so yes, now, uh, but George kind of talks his way into, here's this rocking chair, and um, yeah, the guard likes it. Not bad. Not bad at Not all. Not bad at all. I mean, yes, it's comfortable. It's a rocking chair. Yeah, I mean, he looks pretty but, happy. Not going to lie. Yeah. So, uh, Jerry then has a meeting with Chichio, who <laughs> is this... <laughs> guy that poppy knows i, I um, love fish out of water jerry so much yeah, it very much is because chichio is like at this italian restaurant um very mob-esque mafioso obviously. yes mafioso uh but he has a place to rent for two million lira which is uh 1700 american dollars and because of the whole mob thing jerry's like no he just want jerry's just trying to find out if there is a house to rent just to again just to spite Bob Cobb, but instead this guy's like, yeah, there is a place to rent. It's fucking this it's right one. here. Like, this is what you're going to do. <laughs> so Jerry pretty much feels the need to comply. I mean, Jerry, good thing you listened to his gut right there. I think I wholeheartedly agree. <laughs> uh, we cut to the Ross's store being robbed and the security guard has fallen asleep in the chair. I thought that was kind of cute. Uh, Cause obviously George is, confidence in the chair and all that situation going beyond what he should have fucking done um it ends up fucking over the person or fucking over that other people so I, just never trust george no, ever never ever so, <laughs> yep. and then we get a little tag in tuscany uh, elaine and the maestro are there he he uh took her to tuscany pretty damn quick i will say uh and then uh all of a sudden jerry and kramer appear haha Happens to be in all of Tuscany, which is still pretty big. I know it's an eighth the size of uh, of North Dakota, but it's still pretty fucking big. They got a place right beside the maestro, and now he's just like, oh, god damn it. This, this place has gone to shit. <laughs> this place has gone to shit. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, yes, that's that's a fun little, yeah, a little TV thing that you have to, like, suspend your disbelief. But, uh, dude, 
I had, I'm, I'm going to kick this one off. So I wasn't terribly kind to the first two episodes of this season. Um, even the first one, uh, I think talking to you kind of brought it up and everything or made, made the, the score a little bit higher, but I wasn't really feeling the first two episodes that much. Uh, this though, Dude, this one I felt was like a return to form. I mean, right away, Jerry has an actual storyline, even though it's a spiteful yeah. storyline, but Jerry does have one. Uh, I love everything that everybody is doing. George has a moment. Elaine is great. Kramer's fun. Side characters, Bob Cobb is fantastic. I always love Bob Cobb. Jackie Childs is fucking fantastic. And then on top of it, I really enjoyed how everything wove together. I enjoyed how, like, you know, Italy comes up and in, in, in Tuscany and then just other references to it. And just it just it feels like everything was very, very connected. This episode, it felt very tight and it ended like I like how everything came to a fun ending. You know, we got an ending to the security guard. We got an ending to, at least at the, in this moment, for the Jackie Childs thing, even though he's going to come back. We still have a story conclusion to the to the burned, uh, Kramer's burns. Uh, we have a story conclusion to Tuscany. Dude, I feel like if this was, like, last season or something, they might not have even shown us, like, like if Jerry ever even went to Tuscany. You know what I mean? But mm -hmm. I love that we got that in the stinger. I honestly felt like everything was so well tied together and so much fun to watch that I had to give this one 4.5 spiteful adventures out of Ooh. five. I had an absolute blast with this one. Okay. All right. Interesting. And, and by the way, it was during our discussion that I changed it from, from what I originally had to spiteful adventures. You, you said it, oh, like, you said it. I don't know if you saw me like write something, but I was like, I didn't know. I was like, that's too fucking good. Dude, that's <laughs> spiteful adventures. 4.5. Yeah. Um, yeah, I definitely enjoyed the episode. Now something that I hadn't mentioned yet that kind of crawled under my skin Ooh. with this episode, uh, was, Something that Seinfeld has done quite a bit, but I feel more so these last, like, two seasons, maybe, um, is that Seinfeld has an overuse of explaining events to other characters, mm. the events that we just fucking saw. They do this all the time. So, for example, we see a scene where, like, basically... Jerry with Jerry and Elaine, and then literally the next scene is Jerry explaining to George what the fuck just happened with Elaine. And I'm like, yeah, I know. Hmm. I just fucking saw this. Ha like, that's bad storytelling. Has this been going on for a while? I, I, I really... It has. I, I do remember you bringing this up. I've, I've remember, I remember you mentioning this before. It's not something you bring up a lot. Um, and I, I didn't really notice it, to be truthful with you, but I don't it, think... It happened I, a lot in this episode. I don't think you're wrong. I'm not, I'm not saying that you, I, don't, I feel like you're wrong or anything. Um, that's yeah. interesting. And it's been going on for a few seasons now, huh? It, it's been building up, I feel. Okay, okay. Um, and so I noticed it... Maybe it came to a head to, in my in my just watching, or I was just like, "God damn it!" Like I'm I'm sick of that. Like I get it. We as the audience know what the fuck's happening, and I get it. George doesn't know yet, but we can give him some leeway. That yeah, you told him off screen, right? Yeah, you know, just fucking talk about you know, glance over the stuff to where you're talking straight about the solution. Where I think they're kind of setting up like, okay, I'm talking to George to find to eventually get to what's my next step in the plot. Like, what's the solution thing I'm going to do? But like, we get that you've told him. Like you don't have to tell us all the shit that you that you literally saw ten seconds ago. Yeah. 
Um, so that ultimately kind of bothered me. Um, but that rant aside, this was a good episode. I did like it. Kramer and Jackie have great chemistry. Love them. I mean, Kramer has great chemistry with a lot of characters. Um, and Jackie is one of them. So Elaine was a bit more of a side piece to the maestro. Um, and nothing really significant on her own. Uh, but not bad. George, I loved, was meddling into shit and fucking things up that he didn't understand. And that's that's a George that I like. You know, where he thinks he's so fucking confident. And then, no, George, you fucking were an idiot. And then, yeah, Jerry's spiteful shit, which is kind of almost out of character with Jerry. But it, it, it worked. It really worked here because Jerry can kind of be a, he, he does question some of that kind of like things that he doesn't understand. Yeah. Um, so with the fun side characters and all this stuff, I thought this was an above average episode, but ultimately because of, I think maybe my, my anger towards like, I'm sick of seeing, see you're wasting time on my TV telling me shit that I already saw, which is legitimately something that my professor said, don't fucking do that. Yeah. Um, no, that's that's movie making. That's screenwriting 101 is don't ever yeah. describe something you've already seen. Exactly. Um, but ultimately, I still enjoyed the episode. It was pretty damn funny. I gave it 3.5 out of 5 houses in Tuscany. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it was good. Well, I will say I had mine at four, so our discussion actually brought it up to a point five. Because I, I had a great discussion with yeah. you. Part of me was like, ah, do I want to bring it up to a four? But then I kind of reread my final comments. Yeah. Like, you know what? No, they did do that a lot. So that's all right. No, and and you know what? I, I, even though I didn't sort of notice it, I'm glad that you did because I'm sure our listeners are also some of them probably did notice it as well. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad that you brought it up, dude. I feel like we're covering all the bases cool. in, in that regard because I really didn't. Although I am gonna. I'm going to try to actually look for it now and see if I can just notice it as well. I bet you will. It's kind of hard to notice once you realize, like, holy shit, there's, like, literally there was, like, three or four scenes in this episode where I felt like we just saw something, and then the next episode was Jerry explaining to another person what just happened or kind of catching them up so then they can, like, formulate a plan or whatever. And it's like that happened multiple times where I was just like, ugh, I've seen this. This is not how it should go. Like, etc. I will say in this episode, I did notice it when when I think George came uh, when when Elaine just left in the car and he was like, George said something like, oh, or uh, Jerry's like, oh, Elaine, just missed Elaine and, and Bob Cobb or something. And George was like, yeah. who? Bob who? Who's and Bob then Cobb? and then he goes, the maestro he goes, oh, I missed the maestro because immediately he yeah. was like, oh, the maestro. I love the maestro. So that was <laughs> at least they worked a joke in there. But I do see what you mean. It was like we just saw it. You didn't have like George didn't even have to ask, you know, and I don't know yeah. if like are they trying to go more natural like quote unquote like this is a natural yeah, conversation but it doesn't matter because this is tv we don't want natural conversation we yeah. want tv we want you know what i mean this is a story this is this is exactly. our stories this is our picture yeah. shows so but ultimately still yeah. a strong showing yeah. from seinfeld very strong in this episode well, what did you give the first two uh episodes is this the highest one for you so far this season it is for me no i gave the first episode a four okay okay yeah, I, I, did, I like that one. I did, I did not care for the... Oh, none of that I didn't care for. Below Average was the last episode. Yeah. But you, this one was back up. This was back up. I think you and I were both on the same page with episode two. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, 
All right. You, yeah. you know what else we're on the, we're, we're the same page on? I was trying to figure out a segue as well. Like, <laughs> you know, I had a segue, and then you started asking other questions, and then now, yeah, whatever. Yeah, we're on the same. Guess what, Corey? We're on the same page about something on the Beef Up Network. Yeah. Everyone knows this. All right. <laughs> Listen to fucking Beef Up Network, people. Listen to Blast From Our Past. Listen to Talking Back. Listen to Action Action. Listen to People Don't Forget. Listen to Podcasting After Dark. And listen to Throwback Trivia Takedown. <laughs> That's right. And if you want to listen to the next episode of Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast, it will be on our Patreon page. And that's just $1 for every single... We're talking from the pilot... To this episode right now, $1, every single one of them, completely ad-free. You can burn through the entire series and catch up if you're just finding us now. But if you've been listening the whole time, just know that the next episode will be Patreon exclusive. And that episode is The Wink. Hello, everybody. I'm Adam. I'm John. And every week we are giving you a blast from our past. We are the podcast that brings you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, album reviews, top tens, and more, all from the things of our nostalgic past. So please join us every single week on the Blast From Our Past podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, however you listen to podcasts, you can find us, and we would love to have you take a trip with us to the land of nostalgia. 